It's the other side of midnight with Frank Morano. My very favorite Judy is in studio, uh, a legendary clinical psychologist, best-selling author, 9-11 first responder, longtime radio talk show host. Whoa. In fact, the first person in the history of WABC ever to be number one in their time slot. That is true. A tradition that we've continued. A UN NGO representative. Uh, I could go on, but uh, we only have four hours. The one and uh, only Dr. Judy Koreansky. It's great to see you. It is great to see you, and you're playing Judy in the Sky with Diamonds. That's and right. guess what? I my In my file now, as the policy advisor for the ambassador of Sierra Leone to the United States, uh, my file is now the diamond business in West Africa. Really? Yes, this is true. Well, do you have any good diamond investment tips uh, for any of us? Uh, well, I, I was... Uh, do I have investment tips? Look at my own diamonds I, I, here. That's very impressive. Very <laughs> impressive. Uh, they, yeah, so do you know the most... The biggest country for diamond mining? I don't. In Africa? Botswana. Botswana, really? And after that, Zimbabwe. You know, Botswana seems to have developed a lot differently than the rest of Africa. Is that is that accurate? Is my assessment accurate economically, culturally? And I'm wondering why that is. I don't. I don't think so. I mean, no. No. I mean, it, it's it's a country that's known for a lot of animal parks and diamonds. Oh, fair enough. It sounds <laughs> and like there's a, a nice fun people country. there, but I'm very connected to Sierra Leone because w- I'm as being. I've been there since AIDS, and then I was there during COVID, and and doing Ebola, and all kinds of uh, work that I've done there. There's a bunch of stuff that I want to ask you about. However, um, I am really interested in the scarf that you came this scarf in I'm wearing. wearing. So I want to uh, describe it first of all. Okay. Well, I'll let you describe it, and then explain to folks. It's got a, it's made of a pretty nice material too. Well, I mean, it's silk. But uh, this is a picture, so you picture this in your mind. Um, it's an African woman, and this is actually an NFT. Oh, really? Yes. You know what that Non-fungible is? Non-fungible token. Yes. I'm just learning about How these. How wild is that? But normally the NFT is something that like you keep Donald on Trump your... a Donald Trump trading card or, <laughs> or a ticket to a sporting event. You keep it on your, on your phone. But my friend, Pradeep, who is in, who's actually used to be the head of UN AIDS... Uh, is now raising money for women in Africa, the women's health. So I bought an NFT from him for $120. That's not that expensive. No, yeah, so I absolutely. own an NFT. That's outstanding. It's incredible. I didn't even know what they were. <laughs> the point is, how clever is he? It's called Women in Need. So you get your own your own NFT. It's an African-style woman with a different babushka and, <laughs> you know, different. Uh, they even look Egyptian, all these symbols. Um, and then you can create it onto something. He's come up with this idea for raising money for women in need in Africa where you can get your NFT. It's on your phone. Then you can blow it up 
and make a scarf out of it. What? Or, yeah, can you make that? Can you put that on anything you want anything now that you, you want? want. It? Anything That's great. You want. Even uh, your underwear. <laughs> All right. Now, are you promoting me as a sex therapist? I had to say something about sex. Okay. Well, okay. Well, you know, here, I'm opening my book, Generation Sex. Mm-hmm. 697 pages about the sex questions that I got on my radio show. Okay. So now, I just opened it. I'm going to okay. ask you this question. All right. You can play Love Doctor. Got Pretend it. you're Dr. Judy. Okay. On the air, asking questions. He says, Gerard. I think I'm a sex fiend. I had sex with three or four girls who know each other. Do you think I should talk to about that to a new girl that I like? She doesn't know my reputation, and I don't want to hurt her feelings. Should I tell her? Um, well, so does she know the other three women? Well, we don't know that. Well, you're, so, you, so you're asking the question. There's you. Yeah, typical talk show. Well, I, I, well, Instead of giving I, in a piece of advice, okay. you're asking more questions. So my advi- I'm trying to – honestly, my advice would be um, – you know, if you think you're a, a a sex fiend or a sex addict, then you should probably seek some sort of professional help. <laughs> oh, yeah, but but I would not I would not share that information. You would not uh, at, at the start of a relationship. No, I think maybe once things get a little more serious, maybe that comes. I that don't comes think out. too many girls would want to hear that you had sex with three or four girls who know each other. The first thing the girl would be thinking in her mind: Oh, you're going to have sex with my friends. Well, well uh, yeah. I, no, 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 no. I think you have to take each of those circumstances as I mean that's not that bad. Three or four girls that know one another, is it? Uh, well, I mean, it's circling around with friends. Nobody wants to have somebody who's like hitting on their friends. Oh, well, let me ask you a couple, you know. a couple of things, uh, Judy, on the relationship and the love front. Now, it used to be we spend an enormous amount of our lives, especially people like you and me, at work. Right. And it used to be that it was very common for people to fall in love and get married with people that they met, at, you know, at the at, workplace. Right. Now you can't. Do that. Uh, well, so that's what my question is. So uh, m- both my parents you know, th- who are divorced from one another, they met oh. at work. My uh, father and my stepmother, they met at work. Uh, right. right. Um, uh, Bill de Blasio and his wife and his wife was was gay. We <laughs> met her. They met at work. And it used to be uh, John Katzmatidis and his wife. Uh, he told us uh, they met at oh, work. So um, it used to be uh, clearly you can have a very meaningful um, relationship with someone that you meet through the workplace. These days, there are all these HR restrictions. No, no, uh, there are all these this hesitancy, particularly on the part of men, but also right. women, yeah, yeah. to even engage in any sort of even off-premises, anything resembling non-professional flirtatious banter not a good idea with, well that's where because I'm you could you. Yeah. because everybody could get in trouble it's not a good idea however there is a very good reason for that and that is first of all you're spending a lot of time with someone and second of all you have a lot of things to share so there is no question from a psychological and sexologist point of view that if you're going to have a good relationship with somebody, you have to find a common ground of something that excites you that you both enjoy doing outside of the bedroom, you know? Isn't, so isn't that's, that... the whole, that's the whole point, and people don't have time. And my other pieces of advice, because the, the two most common questions that I used to get on the radio, now that was a lot of years of hearing a lot of people. Number one from married people was, or people in a relationship more than a year, how do we spice it up? That was like constant. I could talk about that forever. How do you, you know, bring excitement in because we're bored? 
And from single people's, where do I go to meet somebody? So the, uh, the I used to call it theme park therapy, which is, you know, go to a place where you're scared because then chemicals are flowing in your body that make you excited. Actually, That's advice for both men and women? Yeah, uh-huh. of course. Uh, because it does become... So if you go to, like, Halloween, you know, <laughs> something scary, or a ballpark where there's a lot of energy going on, the energy stimulates yourself, gets your hormones going, and then you can fall in love with somebody. This was like a study, it was, it was really interesting, that they had people walk, up, there was like uh, one partner, a guy over there and a woman over here, and they had them walk across a flat board on the ground. And then they put the board up six feet. And then they'd ask people, how excited are you to meet that other person? So the, the end of the study was, what do you think? Uh, very excited. Very excited when the board was high. Right. What was the di- this, It was the same person, the same distance. Sure. Everything was the same. But the board was high. And you got that adrenaline yes, flowing. Yes, there you go. I get that. That's the answer. So um, the other thing, in that vein, first of all, it becomes very challenging if you're somebody that's working 12, 13 hours a day to then find the, the time to go to places that are that are crowded. But let's say you're in a position <laughs> to do that. I've noticed particularly among younger folks these days, but not exclusively, even maybe some older folks, that the there's such a movement towards online dating, dating through all these uh, apps, oh, yeah, that totally. they're much less likely to go up it. to a stranger at a bar and offer to buy a drink or just start a conversation. And and the I, person who's being approached is all of a sudden less likely to engage with that person because they haven't been vetted by the gods of <laughs> online dating apps. Uh, for everybody who's listening... I am advising you to get off your phone. I am so sick of it. People do not know how to express their love. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Because they, they're on their phone all the time. And really, even when they're in bed, they've got their phone. I go to, if I've gone to a club lately, people are like dancing by themselves and looking at their phone, not connecting to people. So please, everybody who's listening, put your phone away and learn how to talk sexy. Learn how to talk romantically. Learn how to express your feelings and communicate. Give people one pro tip. Right. That they can if they're not not um, confident in their own flirtatious banter, man, women, non-binary, whatever the case may be. What is something that uh, you can tell them that might get them a little more comfortable speaking in a way that they're not traditionally used to speaking? Well, I I think building your self-esteem is very important. And the way you do that is that you change your brain. You just snap. When you have a bad feeling about yourself, oh, I'm too fat, or oh, I'm having a bad hair day, or whatever you're negatively saying about yourself, it's called thought stopping. You just snap your fingers, that's called an interrupt, or slap the side of your your thigh, and 
put a better, happier thought in your mind. It sounds simple, but it works. It's like working your muscles of your brain so that you feel good about yourself. You wake up in the morning, okay, this is a typical thing, and people look at themselves in the mirror and they're examining and, oh, there's this wrinkle, oh, my, you know, my lip, like a sore on my lip, or, oh, whatever you're negatively saying. You just stop that thought immediately, snap your fingers, and put in a better thought. Good morning. You can have a great day. I love you. You look fantastic. I think that's good advice. One of the things that I hear a lot, particularly from men, is they feel sometimes nervous approaching a woman or a person um, that is a stranger, and they're not really sure how to begin a conversation. They're not sure of a first thing to say. Obviously, it's always easier when someone introduces you. What would you say to someone? A compliment always works. Notice something about the person. Say you noticed it. And then ask them a question about it. It could be as simple as saying, that's that's a beautiful necklace. Where did you get it? Uh, we're talking to people just tuning in with Dr. Judy Kuriansky, clinical psychologist, TV commentator, author, etc. You can check out her website, by the way, drjudy.com. That's drjudy.com. I want to ask you about one trend. I'm not even sure if it's a real trend or if it's just something that's gotten a lot of media attention. Uh, New York Post did See, this. See, you're such a good talker. Well, well, thank you. Thank you. Really. I mean, people could listen to you. It's also thinking, who do I really think is very cool and speaks very well? Let me listen to that person and, like, imitate them. It's also, though, I mean, we've known each other a long time. It's different if uh, people are listening to our conversation than if um, if they're listening to someone try to approach a stranger. You know, even me, it's tough to know the first thing to say to approach a stranger. And you know what? The the Even being self-disclosure, we call it in psychology, even saying I'm so uncomfortable going up to talk to people, but I really just want to go up and talk to you. Self-disclosure like that always works. You should always use your feelings Share them, and it takes people aback. Oh, my God, this person is being really honest. Nobody's honest this day. Like, say what you really feel. Say what you really think. Be confident about that. There is a new TLC show uh, called Seeking Brother Husband, and the New York Post did a big article about it this weekend about a uh, a couple, Kenya and Carl Stevens, who'd been married for a dozen years when um, he confessed to his wife that he had feelings for a co-worker. But rather than get angry with her husband, Kenya proposed that they go out for dinner as a trio. And they are apparently looking at, at this point at a polyamorous uh, relationship at this point. These sort of relationships, maybe they've always been around, but they've oh, certainly gotten polyamory a lot of attention. Polyamory has been around a long time. So where do you come down I on mean, the people, question what of you, polyamory? This used to be where people were in the 60s, where it was free love. Now, polyamory, it, there's a whole range of polyamory, Right. And there's polyamory where people are just, you know, having an excuse to have sex with a lot of people. And then there are polyamory communities where people are, it's not about sex, it's about love. But in polyamory, one of the things I like about it is that it's very related to the concept of the goddess. So every woman who's listening needs to think of herself as a goddess. And every man, if you really want um, to make your female partner feel good, and if you want a male partner, you make him a god, you know, and as a female partner, you just talk about her, you're my goddess. 
And there are words even for the genitalia that are related to, you know, the jade stalk. But so uh, polyamory, <laughs> you think? Do you think it's you becoming? You like that phrase? I like it actually. Do I you? like it a lot. Right. Um, you do you think it's becoming? And, and the magic cave. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you think it's becoming more like fashionable that? these days? I like the magic say that. I like that. Why not? I may try that with Rachel. So, um, are, do you think polyamory is becoming more fashionable these days? I more fashionable. Or is it just getting nah, more attention? I don't think so. I think people have been talking about it a long time about being polyamorous and more love for everybody. That's the whole. That's the whole point of polyamorous communities. Big in Hawaii and big in California. Not so common in New York, because, but behind closed doors. Behind closed doors in places like New York. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just not, not that open. But in, you can imagine in California and, and in Maui. And there are still people. Look, I know them because I was in that whole world for such a long time in the world of sex. I, I mean, going to all the sex clubs for research, you know, the S&M clubs that are all closed now. But this is what you had to know about what people were naturally, doing. Naturally. Yeah, we're talking with Dr. Judy Kuriansky. If people have questions, we'll try and take a few of your calls at 800-848-9222. That's 800-848-9222. Tell me what you're doing. You always get people to talk about things that... Well, that's I, I, I think also it's good for people what to know. I never told anybody I went to an S and M club. I, I, I really, I, I think it's good for people to know that if they want to go to an S and M club, all they have to do is say it's for research, and they can go <laughs> guilt free, and nobody can give them a hard time. You are um, contributing to a magazine called Viva. How do uh, you know that? Well, I've got a very, very comprehensive research. Well, it staff used here. it's 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 not around anymore. Viva, I actually was on a TV show about Pam Anderson, so I can't believe that you were talking about Pam Anderson. That's like a whole thing, and I have that tape originally. And I'll get to Viva in a moment, but Great. you got me on the Pam Anderson thing. So I have the original because when I was on the radio was when when the whole uh, thing happened, right. you know, and. And so I have the original tape. I found it when I was going on the TV show and the Penthouse magazine that she had this spread in. It was the most boring tape I've ever seen. I mean, seriously, you see her open her legs for like two seconds and it doesn't even get close. I mean, we teach when I've got, done many, many years of teaching women how to have orgasm. And so it's a 10 session program of the different activities mm -hmm. that you do once a week. One of them is really looking at yourself, taking a mirror, opening your legs and examining yourself and really looking. And the same thing as I said, you know, earlier about looking in the mirror and saying, oh, you're beautiful. So you have to look at yourself all over your body first, you know, and then look at your private parts and say they're beautiful. You know, I'm beautiful. You know, speaking of the Pamela Anderson thing, so here she was on CBS Sunday Morning a couple of weeks ago, uh, talking about that whole situation with the uh, with the tape. What do you want people to understand about it? That it was stolen property. That it was two crazy naked people in love. I mean, we were naked all the time and filming each other and being silly, but those tapes were not meant for anybody else to see. And I've not seen it to this day. It was very hurtful. I was a mother. That saved me. You know, if I wasn't a mom, 
I don't think I would have survived. So she boring, says, boring, boring. I, anybody who's listening and thinks they want to watch that tape or wants to go online and look it up, please. Really, your own life is a thousand times more interesting. <laughs> I'm serious. I was bored out of my mind. All you see is Tommy walking around, swinging himself, swinging his right. thing. Well, but it wasn't you know, meant to be and, performed for an audience. Right, and then once you see her going down on him um, in, a car, in a truck, in a sort of car truck, you know, and a couple of times she, she does that. Uh, and, you know, so what? Yeah, it's well, really not anything of interest, so don't even worry about it. And she's still getting mileage out of it. It's ridiculous. Yeah, they just make came out with that own Hulu series. Sex life. Actually, well, one that's of the what things, they did, right? They was, made they made their own sex. But day. you know, there was a big thing um, during the time when polyamory was really big uh, that there was homegrown sex videos. It was a big like thing for people to do, and there was actually a contest about it. I went to that, too. You're oh, getting me to say I, stuff I, I've never even said. I, I, I love it. Okay, I'm... in Las Vegas, they had a convention of homegrown sex tapes and a, and a competition. So there was a winning couple. I, I, I Were you in a position to judge, or you were just there <laughs> no, as a spectator? No, I, I, was I in a position? Do, well, <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Jody Kuriansky is Changing here. positions is actually one of the pieces of advice uh, in how to spice up your love life. A lot of people oh, eager to I chat with you. I thought I was going to talk about Iran well, I'm going to ask you and about Iran. Ukraine uh, uh, and Russia. We're going to get to all that. 800-848-9222, 800 Robert is in Maryland. Hello, Robert. Oh, yes. Uh, I have uh, one of the books where you comment before every chapter, and it's uh, Penthouse uh, <gasps> Magazine Unleashed Sex Tips. Oh, my God, I can't believe you have that. Robert, did you find it effective? Wow. Well, I, that was, I think, published in 2005. And um, wow. I still have my uh, girlfriend from uh, Great Neck. We went back together. But uh, we're kind of uh, subdued that way because we're um, old. But we go on cruises together. We're coming you're on soon. Okay, but- you're old. Robert? Listen to this piece of advice. You never have to retire from sex. Oh, no, no. I I was in good shape from uh, running and rugby and tennis and all that. And that's but, good, but you read you know, Penthouse you, Magazine. That's interesting. Oh, yeah, of course. What was, your favorite, what was your favorite the- article? <laughs> Handling legal matters is stressful. So let the law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. provide you with the insightful counsel you deserve. The law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. has successfully handled thousands of cases for 25 plus years. They focus on elder law and estate planning, but are equipped to navigate you through all stages of family law and divorce to real estate law and probate. The law offices of Frank Bruno. Call 718-418-5000 or visit them at frankbrunolaw.com. That's frankbrunolaw.com. Frank Bruno. He's your numero uno. Oh, uh, I don't remember. Uh, maybe a bunch of couples uh, getting together. All right, Robert. Thank you very <laughs> much for that. Uh, appreciate yeah, that. Oh, hey. I did. I wrote, I wrote for Penthouse. So now that was the days I, I, that I was also a senior research scientist at Columbia Medical School. 
And I also wrote for Penthouse Magazine. Wow. So uh, that was like my head was in two different places. You know, and nobody has ever been able to accuse you of being uh, being lazy or unproductive. That's for sure. <laughs> That's you. 800-848-9222. Joe is in Queens. Joe, you're on with Dr. Yeah, G. I have two questions for uh, the professor. Uh, one would be, uh, okay, I, I talked to somebody that said, oh, I'm 6'3", and she's only five foot. He just brings oh. that up. But at the same time, Maybe the girl likes someone six something and she's five foot and he should leverage that and take advantage of it and see it from that perspective. That'd be, that Joe, would be my question. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. But Joe, are you picturing that in your mind? No, it's not. I'm just saying, you, you know. But I'm, you, I'm not, you brought it up. You said you're talking about a tall guy and a short girl. And you, are you picturing how do they do it? Right. Uh, not so How do much they that. fit? Isn't that what you them w- walking, walking? Walking. Well, if you pictured yeah. them in having sex, w- what would right. you see? Uh, I'm not picturing that. But what do you see? What, what do you see? Well, what's the image in your mind? Uh, I don't. What see position? What position are they in? Uh, I guess the woman would would be the uh, uh, the higher position. The high, yeah, okay, right. so if, if he were laying down and she was sitting on top of him, but what difference does it make how short she is and yeah, how tall he is? Excellent point. Excellent point. As, as someone on the shorter end of things, I, uh, <laughs> I couldn't agree more. Uh, Joe, did you have another quick comment? Yeah, yeah, I had another quick thing. You, oh, you, you know, took us to a good place? These, yeah. these people that are librarian types, but they're attracted to the wild and crazy types. Yes. Now, what... What would you say about that? You know, I'd say it is, it is opposites attract. People sometimes mm. look to fill in the things that they really want to be that are their secret repressed feelings. So she's not able to be really uninhibited, and that's why she's looking for somebody who is that way. So that's, uh, that ends up being very exciting. And, and and for the for the guy to be with the librarian is very interesting too because usually when that happens he's like looking for a way to crack her open in some way you know let's Uh-oh. see if I can get to her and make her loosen up. So it's like climbing that particular mountain. Basically. Well, people always have a reason that they are attracted to that particular person, and it shows what you need in your life what you want in your life, how to fill in pieces of yourself, uh, what your favorite fantasy is, your love story. We all have love stories. And you pick people who are in your own movie. I, I call it the movie of your love life, the movie of your sex life. What is it? Who are you? Are you like a Pam Anderson and you know Tommy Lee? Or are you like Elizabeth Taylor and Richard Burton? You know, we all, we create these partnerships that are just like movies and pick a partner who fits that role that you want in your movie. Joe, thank you. Uh, before we get to foreign What's policy, your movie? I don't know. I was trying to think life. as you were saying that. Um, I would say, I don't know. I, um, I, I have to give that some thought. I want to come up with a good answer for that, and I will. <laughs> uh, but I'm not, I'm not sure what it is at the moment. Um, if people have questions, 800-848-9222. Before we get to what's happening around the world in foreign policy, I want to ask you about this. Obviously, it's the middle of the night or early morning. And a lot of the people that might be listening now, 
they find themselves living by their home by, by themselves and I, they've written to me they've emailed me and called occasionally a lot of people up right now listening to the radio are uh, lonely either their partner has passed away mm. or that whatever circumstance in life has uh, brought them to a point where they're battling loneliness and depression and that's one of the reasons they're keeping the radio on all day long, including at night. That's right. And please, absolutely, we want everybody keeping their radio on. But um, is there any advice that you have for people on dealing with loneliness and loss, especially newfound loneliness? Oh, well, those are two different things. Okay, so for loneliness, I have uh, two points of advice. One is be yourself and love being with yourself. Imagine if you want to, that you are your best partner. Take yourself to the movies. Oh, we're going to the movies tonight. Isn't that going to be fun? I'm uh, creating people no, being I schizophrenic. Great. I think that's you know? great advice. <laughs> yeah, really. Oh, we're going to go out to dinner. What would you like to eat? Oh, I think I'd like um, French food tonight. Okay, that's love being with you. I love being by myself. I, I, really, I totally enjoy being by myself. I love being with people too, but I I love going places myself. I can walk in the street and enjoy it, do anything. So I, that's number one. And number two, if you're lonely, good gracious, go out and do something. I don't with know people. if you I don't know if you've ever done this, but do you ever <laughs> you ever type in a phrase into Google and before you click enter it just brings you what other people are searching for. It, it's a, an autofill, basically. It, it, you type in, say, Frank Morano or Judy Koreansky, and it fills out what what it's suggesting as a search term. Like if I just type in Judy Koreansky into Google oh, and don't oh click my enter, God. What does it it's, say? the first thing that comes up is Judy Koreansky Wikipedia, Judy Koreansky Meghan Markle. Judy, oh, Dr. oh my Ju- God! I slammed her. Oh my God! I was so worried. They uh, they called me for a National Enquirer or one of them. By the way, there's some whatever you think about those kind of magazines. There's a lot of interesting stuff, news in there. I mean, seriously, I, I, you can learn a lot uh, about Ju- UFOs if you want to uh, know no, about that's UFOs. Sure. That's for sure. Stories the about Enquirer that. actually didn't do no. as much UFO coverage as I would have liked, but <laughs> other people that use it. But anyway, Justine. And Star. I mean, they're both, both companions, and they have stories like that. And they, um, I mean, you could find out what's going on in the uh, in all the celebrities' worlds. Justine Bateman, uh, who was on Family Ties with Michael right. J. Shep Fox back in the day, she did that with her name. She's typing in her name. She's 57 years old, but was a famous actress oh, back okay. in the right. 80s. Yeah, I remember. And she types in her name, Justine Bateman, and the first suggested autofill that comes up for right. her is looks old. Okay? Ooh, that's ugly. And she's 57, oh, and she has intentionally right. not had uh, any work done. And she right. has, since this happened, she has been voicing her disdain for society's definition of modern beauty. She even wrote a book, Face One Square Foot of Skin, in 2021. And basically, as she talked about this with 60 right. Minutes Australia. This is what right. she said. Okay. And I'm curious if you think this is good advice All for right. other women or other people okay. as they age. Well, when you say, is there beauty in aging, aren't you really saying, do you think it's possible for other people to find aging beautiful? And like, I just don't give a shit. 
Like, I think I look rad. I think my face represents who I am. Uh, I like it. And she doesn't look like her face these days doesn't like look like what most Hollywood stars that are on magazine covers look like. And I love that well, she's proud of that. Changing it. Yeah, that, right. Edited, but, but, and she has not gotten any work done. Is this a healthy attitude that she has? Totally. I mean, what what's really interesting to me about what you just played and what you're presenting is that you can turn anything around. So it was the best thing that ever happened to her. That somebody called her old. She turned it into a business. She wrote a book about it. She's she's now relevant. People are interested in her. You're talking about her. Why would you ever be talking about her on That's the radio? True. That's true. Except for the fact that somebody slammed her. So my point from a psychological point of view is always turn something to your advantage. Something you think is bad is good. Can you stick around a few minutes? I want to talk Iran, Russia, Ukraine, Malaysia. Okay, Can you stick around? Sure. Okay. We're going to talk with Dr. Judy Kuryansky in a moment. We'll try and squeeze in a few more of your questions as well. 800-848-9222. This is the uh, other side of midnight. 800-848-9222. Straight ahead. The other side of midnight. Midnight. Other Side of Midnight with Frank Morano. This is The Other Side of Midnight. Uh, Frank Morano here with Dr. Judy Kuriansky. You can check out her website, including which has a lot of links to her books and other work, at drjudy.com, just drjudy.com. She's a best-selling author, clinical psychologist, and more. Uh, you have traveled all over the world uh, tw- many times over. Uh, many times over. Another, where the whole world is watching the situation with Russia and the war in Ukraine. You've been actually working with some Russians who've been doing what exactly? I've been working with Russians, Ukrainians, Iranians, uh, the, the whole, everybody. Uh, I've been to Iran a couple of times. That was really wild. I can imagine. It really was. Um, people said, you know, that's crazy. Did Don't you have go to wear there. a hijab? Yeah, yeah, sure. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Uh, no question about it. And covered, you know, covered mm-hmm. up, not not uh, revealing. Uh, but I went there um, and actually it was very interesting because uh, there was uh, the first time I went, I was really well known about sex. And so they created an event for me to talk about sex and sex advice in a, in a in in a restaurant well they closed a the restaurant and then a magazine did it so that I, I mean the point is people are people all over they have the same questions there was a, a man who stopped me in the hall of the hospital when i was visiting there and said oh how long is a man supposed to last in sex well come on that's like a typical question everybody would have why wouldn't somebody in iran have it next time i went there was um uh, it was an earthquake in in Iran in a place called Kermanshaw. You had to go from Tehran to on an airplane, and I worked with the um, the Red Cross youth group there. And you know, people are beautiful. They're, How long is a man different. supposed to last? By the way, in case people are curious. Well, you you can you can suck your energy up, and you can last longer. 
You just have to learn to breathe. As soon as you reach the point of inevitability, it's called, where you're, it's inevitable, you can feel. I'm not a guy, but I know right. what, sure. from, as a sex therapist, what, what that sound, what that feels like for guys, where you just feel like, oh, that's it, I'm going to lose it. You just... And you cover that in your book, by the way, Complete Idiot's Guide to Tantric That's Sex. That's true. Right? It's, it's, it's a technique out. of tantric sex, um, uh, which has a lot to do with the polyamory world that we were talking about before. But so, the, you know, in Iran, most people, everybody, wherever I got into a taxi, wherever I was, can you get my kids to America? Nobody wants to live there. Mm. It's very different, you know, the government versus anything. And Russia, I used to go to Russia. I am Russian. I mean, not, I didn't, my, those are my grandparents. So uh, I actually, they were from um, a, a place that's, that's actually now in Ukraine. So that was weird. They were constantly talking about it, and I thought it was in Russia, but it's now in Ukraine. Anyway, the, the Russian people are beautiful. They do a lot of things for disabled people. They're very, very conscious about that. It's just people are different from the government, you know. They're in the, just, the United States as well, obviously. Well, sure. I mean, and then now I've been working for since the Ukrainian war, uh, since the Russians invaded Ukraine. I've been, uh, you know, I've been all over the world, and I usually go there the day after a crisis happens. But this time, it, it was the only time I didn't go because people said there were going to be bombs. And I was supposed to go to Kiev and. There was a bomb in Kiev that, that next day. So that was crazy. But I am going to do a training for a, um, for a, a hospital in Kiev. Oh. Um, when, and when, are you, when is that going to be? It's going to be in oh, two weeks. And oh. it's going to be for, again, a group that is taking care of disabled That's vets. Terrific. Because everybody is disabled now. G- Judy, um, it always flies by whenever you're in studio. Let's do this again soon. Okay. Uh, Dr. Judy Kuriansky, check out her work at drjudy.com. You can also find uh, her books on Amazon or wherever books are sold. Hey, it's a big day today. I'll tell you why in just a moment. Mm. And Gerald Salente is going to be here. We'll talk a little bit more foreign policy, uh, banking, finance, a whole bunch of other things. A lot more to come on the other side of midnight until next hour. Keep asking questions.